Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hello, and welcome to the American Patchwork and Quilting Podcast. I'm your host, Lindsay Mayland, and I'm so excited to be here with you. How is 2022 going for everyone so far? We're halfway through the year, uh, and I I just feel like all my resolutions and goals just fell to the wayside. So in January, we did an episode. It was episode 541, where we shared our quilty goals for the year. And after that episode aired, my coworkers and I were talking about how we should eventually do an update episode, uh, both as a way to keep ourselves accountable but also as a way to get back on track. So now six months later, we're all checking in to share our progress. So I'll start. My goals for the year were to make a few quilts that had been on my long-term to-do list. So I am officially UFO-free this year. Uh, It's the first time since I started quilting I did not have UFOs. Um, So I really wanted to make the most of this year and use that freedom to do some quilts that I always said I'd make someday when I had time. So there were three quilts in particular that I wanted to tackle this year. They are a puff quilt, a bear's paw quilt, and a pineapple block quilt. So I did cross one of those items off my list this year. I just finished the puff quilt. Uh, It took a very long time. Uh, It's quite an undertaking of a project if you've never made one before. Um, And the the machine quilting specifically was really hard because of the bulk of that quilt and just trying to maneuver it under my smaller machine. But I really love this quilt. Uh, My husband and I are both big football fans, so I made the quilt to represent our two favorite teams. I'm a Packers fan, and he's a Vikings fan. So my side of the quilt has green, his has purple, and then our shared like yellow and gold color is in the middle of the quilt. So I think it'll be a great snuggly quilt for football Sundays in our house. Um, So I'm very proud of that finish. And I also decided to make a bear's paw quilt for Halloween. So I don't actually have a Halloween quilt yet. I have many fall quilts, um, but I've been saving some cute novelty fabrics for Halloween. So I think a bear's paw pattern would be great for those prints. So I actually have all my fabrics cut for this quilt. I have more than 250 triangle squares pieced and ready to go. And I even have a few blocks um, sewn already. So um, I definitely think I'll have this quilt in time to display for October. And as for the pineapple block quilt, I probably won't get to that this year. But I have been cutting all my scraps into strips for the quilt. So I plan to do like a low volume background with scrappy rainbow blocks. So I'm slowly saving up all the fabric as I make other quilts. Um, So I think I will have enough fabric saved to make this project next year. 
So all in all, I'm really happy with my progress on my quilty goals. Uh, it really is amazing how fast time flies. So I'm glad to do this check-in and motivate myself to keep sewing, uh, keep making small steps to finish these quilts. Now I'm going to hand the mic over to my coworkers. Let's hear what progress they've made so far this year. Last year, I made myself a goal of quilting all of my unfinished tops and blocks that had been tossed aside in the closet. I can proudly say that I started out strong and got a handful of projects quilted and bound. However, I still have several projects left to quilt, and to be honest, I have no idea when I'll get around to them. Some of them are odd sizes that I don't know what I'll do with once they're finished, so I think that's kind of what has prevented me from continuing on. And if I'm being really honest, I don't love some of the miscellaneous quilt blocks enough to spend time finishing them or working them into other projects. I've come to realize that I shouldn't force myself to work on something that no longer inspires me or brings me joy. The completionist in me is struggling to let go, but I don't want to turn my hobby into a chore. There are some quilt tops and small applique projects that I'm looking forward to finishing, but I've not created any self-imposed deadlines. Along with my goal of finishing, I wanted to practice free motion quilting skills on my home machine. My local quilt shop where I purchased my machine gave me great advice recently that I plan on trying out. I sew on a baby lot crescendo and often use straight line quilting because Uh, My machine doesn't have a stitch regulator for free motion. The quilt shop owner and baby lock dealer suggested that instead of using my foot pedal to control the speed when free motion quilting, I should use the stop start button on my machine. I had never thought of this before, but it makes a lot of sense. It's tricky to maintain a steady speed with a foot pedal. She also recommended using quilting gloves, which I have not tried before. Now that I'm armed with some useful tips, I'm much more eager to finish up those remaining projects. Hi, this is Doris Brunette, editor of American Patchwork and Quilting Magazine. When I set my goal in 2021, it was to reduce my list of UFOs, which was pretty long at the time. I did a pretty good job last year of knocking out several UFOs, and my list is much smaller now. The goal I set at the beginning of 2022 was to focus on finding extra time to work on hand sewing, particularly a quilt top that I had started to hand applique borders for in July of 21. In taking stock today at our six month check-in, I realized that I haven't devoted a whole lot of time to my hand sewing this year. Life happened as it sometimes does, And the result was that I really just had a lot less free time in the last several months than what I expected to have. So in an effort to work more on my goal, I've decided to put together a little kit for my hand sewing so that I can keep it in my car and have it with me to pull out at any time. So what I've done is I've taken a little plastic zipper bag. It actually came from Target with a set of sheets in it. It's got um, handles on it and a nice zipper, so it closes it up to keep my fabric and my notions um, clean and free of lint and pet hair or dust or food particles. Um, It just keeps it clean and protected from uh, wherever you're carrying it with you, um, anything that you might come across. 
I find it's really nice to just have it there in my car so that when I do suddenly find myself with extra time on my hands, maybe I'm running into a doctor's appointment and there might be some time to sit and wait before I get to see the doctor or the nurse. It's nice to have it there in hand. Or if I'm waiting in my car somewhere, which I really do not have a lot of patience for, it's nice to be able to pull it out and take my stitching out and have something to keep my hands busy and help pass the time a little bit. And the added bonus of that is that even if I only get five minutes of stitching done, it's still progress towards my goal. Hi, I'm Elizabeth Stumbo, art director for American Patchwork and Quilting Magazine. One of my 2022 quilting goals is to focus on finishing, specifically getting over my trepidations for machine quilting. I have tried machine quilting a tiny bit in the past, but have had mixed results, a couple failures, and quite a bit of frustrations. I know that what I really need is just more practice. So I decided that this would be the year that I would pick it up again and start by finishing a baby quilt. The top is only 42 inches square, so I thought that this would be the perfect quilt to practice the machine quilting on because the size wouldn't be too overwhelming to handle. Before doing anything, I decided to start with a plan for my quilting design. I doodled quite a few ideas on paper first before coming up with a plan to add some simple diagonal straight line stitching, and then I decided to leave some areas free to add some big stitch hand quilting also. I thought this combo would be really fun to try, and it would also give me an opportunity to practice my hand quilting. Learning from my past mistakes, I tried my best to not rush through all of the prep work. I think this is where I really messed up in the past that I just rushed through that process just to get straight to the quilting. I got too excited. So before layering my quilt sandwich, this time I took time to thoroughly press my quilt top from both the back and the front, trimming any long threads I saw as I went. I also took time to iron my backing fabric and even my batting to make sure they both were as smooth as possible. After assembling my layers, I used a hair tool to mark my stitching lines so I would have a guide to follow, and then I used twice as many basting pins as I have in the past to secure all of my layers. Now, because I took the time to plan out my quilting motif in advance and to mark those stitching lines, I knew exactly where I could strategically place my basting pins so they were out of my way when stitching, and this saved a lot of time when I got to the quilting part. I also switched out to a machine uh, on my machine to a walking foot and I slowed down my speed considerably just to take my time um, and be practice even better. And this was really hard for me because I love to stitch and sew fast, but taking that speed down really helped me in the end. And all of the prep work really paid off, and I am so happy with the result. I finished the machine quilting, and am now having so much fun adding some big stitches by hand, which is love adding just a lot of lovely texture to the quilt. Now, I still have lots of ways to improve, and I hope to continue practicing 
even more this year on more quilt tops, but I am happy to report that I am feeling so much more confident now and can't wait to keep practicing. Hey, it's Lindsay. Thanks so much to my coworkers for sharing their progress. And I'd love to hear your progress on your quilting goals. So feel free to email me at apqpodcast at meredith.com. We link to that email in our show notes. You all inspire me so much. And I would love to hear from you and cheer you in the back half of this year. So we're going to take a quick ad break. But when we come back, we're hearing what a staff member is currently working on, plus some tips for tackling your UFOs. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back. I'm passing the mic over to Allison for what's on your workspace. I can't wait to hear what Allison is working on now. Most of the time when I start a quilt, it's either for myself or for no one in particular. I just enjoy the act of making something. I've gifted a handful of quilts over the years for birthdays, holidays, and various occasions, but lately I've had the pleasure of making some commissioned quilts. One of the photo stylists we frequently work with recently announced that she's pregnant with her third child. She asked if I would be interested in making a baby quilt for her, to which I replied, of course. (laughs) Although she is not a quilter herself, she works closely with the quilts that we publish, so she has an idea of different styles and fabrics. We started the collaboration by sharing a Pinterest board where she saved examples of quilts that she was drawn to based on color, pattern, print, etc. This was really helpful because I was able to determine that she likes more modern quilts with lots of bright colors and a good mix of prints. I asked her if she would like to help select fabrics or if she wanted to approve what I would pull together. Um, She said she trusted me and just wanted to be surprised. (laughs) It's really fun to have such freedom when selecting fabrics because it's one of my favorite parts, but there's always that voice in my head saying, I hope she likes this or what would she think of these fabrics together? I was able to find most fabrics at my local quilt shops, but I was just missing some larger focal prints, so I ended up doing a little shopping online. Shopping online can be tricky because the color in the photos doesn't always match the fabric in person. So realizing that there are different colors, um, I ordered several options, knowing that, you know, some would work and some wouldn't. So the ones that wouldn't work, I could keep in my stash and the ones that work could go in the quilt. As soon as I had all of the fabrics I needed, I got to work cutting and sewing. It was a really quick project to put together. I actually did it in a couple days. Um, So now I just need to get it quilted. I asked the recipient if she had a preference of backing because, you know, there are different options. So I let her know I could piece of back based or using some of the fabrics from the top, do a large print or some soft cuddle. 
and she decided that she wanted some cuddle on the back. So my next step is to purchase some cuddle, quilt it, and bind. Uh, the baby isn't due for a few months, so I have some time to figure out whether I'll quilt the project myself or send it to my long armor. I'm really happy with how the top turned out, and I think I pulled everything together that um, was based on her inspiration, and I'm excited to share it with her. Thanks so much, Allison. Now we're moving on to UFO Challenge, a segment where we share tips for tackling your unfinished projects. This week, I want to talk about tailoring your time spent on UFOs to your personal schedule. Many times our time spent sewing UFOs is in addition to other projects we're working on, our, you know, to-dos at home and work, and, you know, around spending quality time with our family and friends. And that means we need to be smart about how we use our sewing time so we make the most progress. I invite you to take a look at your calendar for the next month and actually plan what UFO and what steps of the quilting process you'll do during that time. And it should all be catered to what your month looks like. So for instance, if you're headed on vacation or are spending every weekend at the ballpark with your kids, choose a project that can be hand-pieced so you can bring the project along and make progress. It could also be a step that can be done on the go, such as hand-binding a quilt. Uh, maybe you have to rip papers out of a foundation-pieced pro project. Um, or maybe it's even trimming some small units and you have the opportunity to bring a small cutting mat, a ruler, and a rotary cutter in your, your travel bag. If you know you'll be incredibly busy with errands, appointments, long work days, or time spent volunteering, and your calendar looks too full, consider choosing a UFO that has easy-to-sew blocks. That way, when you have even just 15 minutes of free time, you can get a lot of chain piecing or strip piecing done, or even sew units into a block in that small chunk of time. So with a smaller, easy project, you can make a lot of progress even in that short amount of time. If your kids are headed to camp, uh, maybe your, your office offers summer Fridays off, or maybe it's a really rainy month and you won't be able to spend as much time in the garden as you'd hoped, Choose a harder or a larger project to tackle, especially if you'll have hours or even days to devote to a project. You can give all your concentration to the UFO instead of your to-do list. And if your month looks unexciting, choose a UFO you're genuinely excited about finishing. That way, when you come home, um, from a long day of boring meetings in the office or from another day running errands, you, you can work on something that really brings you joy. To give yourself an even bigger reason to celebrate, so while listening to a favorite music playlist or watching a favorite TV show, that turns into a nice treat during the month. Sometimes when we work on our UFOs, we may just pick one to work on at random but I promise that you'll make more progress if you choose one that fits your lifestyle and time commitments of the moment. So if you feel like you're struggling to make process or to even hold interest in the UFO you're working on now, it may just be because it's not suited for your needs right now. So choose one that is. 
switch between projects often if that's what you need to do to make it fit with your life. We're going to take a quick ad break, but when we come back, we're answering a listener question and talking about the benefits of handwork. Welcome back. Now it's time for Ask Us Anything, a segment where we answer our listeners' most pressing quilting questions. The one today comes from Marla Kay. She asks, after years of sewing, I realized I've never changed my stitch length. Is that okay? Are there situations where I should be using a smaller or large, longer stitch length? So this is a great question, Marla, and it made me laugh a little because I totally relate. I hardly ever change the stitch length on my machine, even though I know there are situations where my piecing or quilting would turn out better if I did. So I'm going to share some basics today, and you can decide if you want to experiment with longer or shorter stitch lengths. First, a little intro to stitch length. Stitch length is measured in millimeters, so the number you see on your machine is the length of the stitch in millimeters. So most machines have a standard set stitch length, anywhere from 2 to 2.5 millimeters. When you change the stitch length, it affects how much fabric the feed dogs on your machine pull through for each stitch. So if you choose a larger stitch length, your stitches will be longer, while a smaller stitch length will have shorter stitches. Generally, all your piecing can be done with a standard stitch length of 2 to 2.5. If you're working with small pieces in a block, uh, you know, think maybe 2 inches or smaller, or you're working with especially lightweight fabrics, you may want to use a slightly smaller stitch length, such as 1.5 to 2 millimeters. And doing this will give you more stitches per inch of fabric, so you can especially make sure to hold those smaller pieces in place. You may also want to reduce your stitch length when you're foundation paper piecing or sewing curves. So small stitches while foundation paper piecing helps keep stitches secure when you rip the paper out, and it also punctures the paper so the paper is easier to rip off too. And small stitches while sewing curves gives you smoother curves. So using a 1.5 to 2 millimeter stitch length for those techniques works great. If you're top stitching on your project, um, you know, to add a decorative touch or just to help pieces lay flatter, uh, this is um, more often done in bags or garments or other kind of 3D type decor. Choose a slightly higher stitch length, such as 3 to 3.5. The stitch looks nice, it helps the stitches go through multiple layers of fabric more easily. If you're basting fabric together, this is usually done when you need to hold pieces together or hold a certain placement of a fabric to another fabric before you add more units or add more permanent stitches, you want to use a long stitch length such as four to five millimeters. So these basting stitches are meant to be able to rip out easily since they're just positioning stitches and you don't want them to show in a final project. And lastly, if you're sewing with heavyweight fabrics or you're sewing through a lot of layers, uh, such as denim or a place in a project where there are multiple layers of fabric on top of each other, 
increase your stitch length to three millimeters. We hope this helps Marla. Uh, you can absolutely keep using that standard stitch length and it won't hurt anything, but some projects will be more refined if you just adjust for the material you're using or the technique you're working on. If you have a question you'd like answered on the podcast, please email me at apqpodcast at meredith.com. I'm excited to hear from you. Now I'm passing the mic over to Doris for Handwork Happiness, a new segment where we share tips for a specific type of handwork. Take it away, Doris. Hi, this is Doris Burnett, editor of American Patchwork and Quilting Magazine. I have always been interested in crafts and I've tried a lot of different crafts over the years. And many quilters I know tell me the same thing. Honestly, as a child, I would try any craft I could get my parents to buy me the supplies for. The crafts I enjoyed most always involved sewing or stitching in some way. My mother taught me to cross stitch, hand embroider, and to hand quilt when I was young. I still love doing handwork, and I'm excited to bring this new handwork happiness segment to the podcast this season. I always have a handwork project in progress, whether it's hand embroidery, English paper piecing, hand applique, or cross stitch. I love being able to take my project with me anywhere or have something to keep my hands occupied when I'm watching TV. It's definitely healthier than mindless snacking or getting sucked into the rabbit hole of scrolling my phone. As a matter of fact, my family is going camping this weekend and last night I prepped a bag of handwork to take along. The project I am taking with me involves embellishing a piece of quilting cotton with embroidery stitches and beading to enhance the printed design of the fabric. Eventually, I'll share images of this project on my Instagram account, but for now you'll have to use your imagination. Have you ever heard a maker utter the phrase, quilting is my therapy or knitting is my therapy? Maybe you've said it yourself. Well, there's truth in this statement for most people. Whether consciously aware of it or not, we experience cathartic and therapeutic effects from working on creative projects and doing handwork. Working with one's hands can provide a wide range of benefits, including relaxation, relief from stress, a sense of accomplishment, connection to tradition, increased happiness, reduced anxiety, and enhanced confidence, as well as improved cognitive abilities. Handwork allows me to turn off my brain and let my hands take over. Because the brain is focusing energy on creating something, it has less energy to devote to negative or ruminating thoughts. How cool is it that you can be creating something nice and getting health benefits from it at the same time? We delved into this topic two years ago when we published our bookazine Handwork Happiness, which is still available for purchase at apqshop.com. The entire issue is filled with handwork projects, including wool applique, hand applique, hand embroidery, English paper piecing, and more. If you have an interest in handwork or something you are wanting to try out, and you'd like to hear me discuss a specific topic or recommend favorite tools for a particular hand stitching craft, leave us a comment or follow me on Instagram at madebyabrunette and send me a message. I'd love to hear what it is that you love about stitching or sewing by hand. Thanks, Doris. And that's it for today's show. Now, before we leave, I wanted to ask for everyone's help. In August, we're doing a podcast called Unpopular Quilty Opinions Part 2. 
We did part one episode last year and it was so much fun. So if you have an unpopular quilting opinion to share, whether it's serious or more funny, please email me at apqpodcast at meredith.com. The more opinions we have, the more fun and thought-provoking the episode will be. Everyone have a great week.